Alright, hello and welcome to a Pair of Dice Lost podcasting channel. This is going to be kind of an off-topic, weird idea that we're going to do. That we're going to um, title, Let the Good Dice Roll. This is going to be uh, me, Christina, and uh, Julia sometimes, uh, when she has the time, talking about uh, games that we've played that unfortunately didn't get recorded or that got recorded and used a crap ton of copyright music so they can't really be uh hosted on a podcast <laughs> okay hi so, guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um the first game that we wanted to talk about um is our exalted game uh the exalted kings of creation it was um well, little background on Exalted. It's basically high fantasy, um, kung fu anime-inspired insanity that... That's that's probably a good synopsis of that's it. That's a really good synopsis of it. It You need, like, at least 20 D10s just to play it, and that's, like, just minimum. Just to start. Just, just, to start. just to start. Like, when we You're, started, I, I grabbed a bag of, uh, I think it was 50 D10s, and that's yeah. what I ended up going with, and I think yeah, I rolled I, at least, like, 40 of those at I want to say it was, like, 45 at one point with weapon bonuses and excellencies Look, and I got up tricks. to some crazy stuff, man. Yeah. You and Julia both got up to some crazy stuff. Melee's one hell of a drug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that game also freaking loves uh, martial arts and being weird. So, um, just as a really quick primer on Exalted, Exalted is a set in a flat earth called Creation where gods are, gods are as real as, like, farmers are. They exist in everyday life. Not everyone's always going to meet one, but if you play an Exalt, you're going to deal with them on a... Semi-regular basis? If not a regular basis. Um, basically, the group got empowered by the king of the gods, the unconquered sun. That's sun, S-U-N. He's, he's the sun god. And um, they are solar exalts, which basically means that they're... Um, I don't want to say empowered by the sun, but that might be a better I mean, way to you, phrase it. I mean, you have a fraction of his soul in you. So it's it's one of those situations of he's kind of, I guess, created you, your spark of existence, I guess is a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, it's more like you have a piece of his soul in you, and that gives you power but he doesn't get a choice of, like, who he gives it to. Or really how they'll act. Um, I still stand by my old saying of solars are not good people. Uh, solars are generally not good people, but that's mostly because of the Great Curse. Um, the Great Curse is something that got put on them at the end of the Primordial War, where they basically the old, old gods went, Hey, solars, you're dicks, so, um... You're going to fuck everything that you love up. Yeah. Okay, thanks, bye. You were awful people, so now take this great curse and suffer through all your incarnations for the shit that you pulled on us to begin with. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, 
So basically, going through Exalt... So, okay, so primer for this game that isn't about the, uh... Like, story time for this. The reason that I ran Exalted 3rd Edition is... I went out to the bar one night, which, you know, that's a great way to start why you ran a, ran a two-and-a-half-year-long tabletop game. <laughs> yeah, but it's a good story. So I went out to the bar right now, one night and got really drunk, and someone left me alone with my phone. And then I ordered a, like, $60 core rule book that's, like, 800 pages and didn't realize that I had ordered it until... Basically, it arrived, and I had to get a group together and went, Guys, I just spent way too much money on something I didn't even know I needed. Can we run a game? And of course, because we're your friends, we're like, sure, why not? Uh, And to be fair, I was going to say, at least, I don't know about John and Craig, but I know at least Dev and Joe and I had all had some experience with Exalted previously in one way or the other. Yeah, you guys had had experience with Exalted from uh, first or second edition or from uh, sitting in on other games. John and Craig, on the other hand, were a completely different um, beast to tackle because I literally had to go out with them multiple days before the game started. And all of the... all of the conversations basically went, hey, so what about this thing? Can I do this? Uh, mm, yeah. Yeah, you can. And they would just keep bringing up really weird ideas. Like, uh, John's original character was going to be a chef. Um, what was it? Flavor of the North Star? Yeah, Flavor of the North Star. <laughs> Which I, I feel like is a reference to something, but I can't. Fist of the North Star? There you go, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but then we were looking through the rules and we just kind of went yeah no food buffs and being a battle chef like you want to do just does not work in this system without some heavy modifications and basically i was so new to the system i was not ready to start heavily modifying it and for those of you who do and even those that don't there's there's still the flavor from first to second to third edition, but the systems are very different. So we went into this not knowing a lot about the third edition, and, and most of us had really only played first or second. So it was it was new to us system-wise and to a degree uh, about how they changed some things with it, but overall the story was more or less kind of the same. The, the history of it, the, the, the his- whole thing the about history, creation. The history was more or less the same. The only real canon things that got changed between first, second, and third is they added in the uh, the southeastern sea, the inland sea that's kind of down in the uh, the bottom right corner of the map. I'm trying to picture the map right now in my head. And um, there's a lot of it. Yeah, no, that that wasn't there originally. That was just all forest or desert okay. originally in second edition. Um. So, basically, I got this group together, kind of in probably, I think, a month it took for us to all get together. I don't... I think it only took a month because of scheduling, but I think you pretty much picked out your people ahead of time. We had our characters, we just couldn't do scheduling, like yeah. most tabletop games. Yeah, we had, to, we had to figure out scheduling. We're all... We were all in our mid to late 20s or early 30s, so, like, life has some life takes a bit life 
kind of takes its toll, and you can't always get together, and it ended up being this very weird thing that I'd never done before, where we were constantly rotating houses, who, because... And every other Sunday, so we're playing was, twice a yeah, month. Yeah, so we're only playing twice a month. I'm so used to running once a week, um, and we're only running for, like, four hours. I'm used to, like, six to eight hour long marathon sessions at this point. Um... So it's like, it was a very weird thing for me to have to figure out with this new system and then to also cram enough story into a single session to be like, you guys are still interested, right? I mean, we were. We played it for two and a half years through two different systems. Okay, well, you played it for two and a half years. I played it. So out of everybody who started this game, I am the only one who actually started with the character and kept that character throughout the whole campaign of the two and a half years through both systems and lots of people coming in and out uh for better or worse and a couple different people playing different characters for better or worse Uh uh-huh yeah it was uh it was a little bit of a clusterfuck um our entire uh ending group is has maybe has one original player one person, two people who had been through second edition, and the rest of the group, uh, we about a year and a half in switched over to Godbound because it was just. Do we really just play Godbound for a year? Yeah, we really played Godbound for like a year. Damn, I didn't think it was that because long. Uh, John and Craig were still with us when we were playing it as Godbound. Were they? Really? Damn. I... Yeah. My timelines are just weird, but. You know, that's why I took notes. Meticulous, meticulous notes. <laughs> um, but I was also uh, the person who kept up with our notes and even, you know, just kind of kept track of all that stuff for us. Thankfully. Um, so anyway, so if you have any questions about Exalted and lore and stuff like that, because we're going to kind of briefly go over anything that's important as it comes up but if you have any questions you can hit me up on twitter at a pair of dice lost and i would happily do exalted lore episodes it's literally one of my favorite things anytime that someone says hey let's do a new tabletop i just immediately go have you played exalted because i somehow dived into this lore and just absorbed all of it like, I mean, it's really interesting lore because you have different exalt types that go literally through hell to heaven um, and everything in between. And there's just so much material for it online between all three editions. And it's all just so fucking over the top. Like, you could pick a single storyline and that could be like a hundred episode long anime. Like, it's just... It's that fucking weird and goofy but also like um like detailed yeah like there's different martial arts that you can do um i'll get into what my character did when we were using the exalted system before we switched over to godbound uh i was gonna say who else did martial arts uh john did john did okay yeah john did uh you were i was snake style you were snake style, and John was silver voice nightingale style. That's right. Yeah. So, um, anyway, I think that, so, the premise of this game is that 
there is no way I'm going to be able to control what the fuck that they do. It's very sandboxy. It, it's a very... Exalted can be not sandboxy and very uh, linear, uh, like a like a D and D game. Uh, not to shit on D and D or anything, but I just personally prefer kind of sandboxy, open. Like the players tell the story, and I just kind of give you guys the setting dressing. That's really my preferred way of doing yeah, things. Yeah, it makes it rougher on the DM because you never know what your players are going to do. Whereas if you're doing a more linear campaign, you have a little bit more control over what happens. But like. If you look through the charms on Exalted, there's no way that you can just run a linear game because you have no idea how players are going to interact with your NPCs. You have no idea when they're going to decide, oh man, Nexus pissed me off, so I'm going to use my Essence 5 charm to just blow Nexus off the map. Look! Oh, no, that was Gem that I did that to. That was Gem that that happened to. And Nexus. No, it was Nexus that happened to. It was Nexus. Yeah, because I decided, what what, what was the point of having Nexus? And, uh, you know, if part of their city's destroyed and we come in as a rescue crew, it looks good on us. My character was not a good person. You'll learn that very quickly. But yeah, no, like, since you can't plan for it, I just kind of went, you know what? I'm going to just have their first session be kind of... Here, we're going to introduce the characters, we're going to introduce the basis of the story, and I'm going to introduce what I had hoped at the time to become a recurring villain. (laughs) You will soon find out that that is not how that happened. At all. At all. Um, So, starting off, we have our characters and players, which Christina... Hi! Hi! Uh, as the meticulous note-taker that I was, I'll just go through it real quick. So, hi, I'm Christina, if I didn't already introduce myself. And my character was Storm of the Star-Shattered Sky, because I like alliteration, or Storm for short. She was our nightcast, which is kind of like an assassin, spy master, they do the shady Eesh. shit. Uh, think, like, very roguish-type characters, usually. It's not, that's more of the traditional substance to it, but that doesn't mean that's how you have to play it. But that's typically the role that they usually do. Um, but so you have nightcasts, which are an insult for them is called wretched, and they represent different uh, things like the north, winter, the new moon, water. Uh, and then, like I said, this is our these were our starting people. So it'll change over a while, and we'll introduce those characters and talk about them when they come up uh, in the eventual. Uh, and then you had Devin, who played a seeker of truths and lies most sacred. He was our eclipse cast. Uh, the insult for them was deceiver, and they're considered the center, the period of calibration, which we might talk about calibration later and mm-hmm. discuss what that actually means. Uh, but they represented kind of the gibbous of the moon, and they were tied to air. Uh, um, I don't know if you want to say anything else on Eclipse. Yeah, uh, one of the real unique things about Eclipse casts, um, each cast gets their own power. Um, night casts, for example, could mute their anima banner. Which let them, which basically meant that anytime you spent power, uh, if you spent too much at once, you would just start like super saiyan glowing. Yeah, so you it's kind of like you can see the energy or feel the energy radiating off you. A super saiyan glow is a good way to represent it. The night cast basically could uh, spent essence, I believe it was, yeah. to almost mute that. So it was very hard to tell. Like I said, they're supposed to be the sneakyish type. Yeah, characters. yeah, you don't so, want to just be fucking glowing. Yeah, so they had different abilities. I know my old abilities a lot better than I know the other ones, but... Um, so the Eclipse Eclipse. cast has one of the weirdest abilities. It's called a Sacred Oath. Anytime that they hear 
like a promise being made, they can basically spend essence, start Super Saiyan charging up, and just kind of go sanctified. And literally what that does is the two people who made this oath are now bonded to it. And if, like, you can break it. I believe the oath's for a year and a day. Yeah, it's it's for a year and a day unless, of course, it's otherwise set. Uh, But generally it can't extend past that unless, of course, the people want it. Um, It's very a year in the day for a lot of things. Um, so the thing about that is that people can break the oaths, but if you do, you get cursed. You could start losing dice, bad luck happens to you, you could, like, your marriage could fall apart. Like, it all kind of depends on what the GM wants to do, but it's... Generally not a good thing. It's general. it's never a good thing. Yeah, I shouldn't say generally, it's never a good thing. Um, so who's next? Uh, we have Joe, who played the visionary of Mechanism Divine, and he, he was, was the Twilight, Twilight cast, who are insulted by being called unclean. They are the West, Autumn, Crescent Moon, and Tied to Wood. They are generally your sorcerers and crafters. Um, Joe did not play it that way. He... He started out wanting to play it that way and then kind of switched he, the character up His a original bit. concept was, I'm going to be like Iron Man. And I had so much shit planned for this. And then he went, oh man, the Brawl Tree looks really good. Now, like I said earlier, you don't have to play your cast as the very stereotypical cast. I did. I ended up being this great assassin, spy master... Uh, who just had a spy network all over creation eventually and murdered people who were in our way. Well, technically Seeker was the one who started off with yes, the spy. Yes, he did. And then stuff happened, uh, and I inherited it, and then I might have murdered some people and inherited another spy network into mine. They had a choice. They didn't have to come in. Uh, but that's an, a later thing. Um, <laughs> like we said, soldiers are not good people. And mine was definitely not one. <laughs> And then, uh, did you want to say anything else about Twilight? Um, there, I'm trying to remember if this is the second edition or the third edition one. I think that either they get a shield or they can basically spend a bunch of, uh, essence and basically hearthstone to the nearest, uh, manse. Yeah, I can't remember, uh, what it was for Twilight because we didn't, I don't think Joe I don't think it ever really got used and... Much. No one ever was really the Twilight again. Yeah, we had people who were named as the Twilight for the sake of having a full circle, which is one of every cast, but I don't think anybody really utilized Twilight or went with the stereotypical Twilight. Um, So then we have uh, Jonathan, or John, and he played a wayward son, and the running joke was carry on my wayward son. And he was our Zenith cast, who the insult for that was Blasphemous. They were the South, the Summer, the Half Moon, Tied to Earth. Um, and so. um, they're generally considered the Priest cast. Um, their special ability is that they can actually... Um, they can actually uh, bury the dead in big old air quotes here, but basically like they, they sanctify their body uh, in Holy Fire, so then they, the... Uh, the the soul doesn't return as a hungry ghost or, like, an upset, like, zombie or something like that. Which is important. Which is very important. That's a thing that can happen. Um, um 
to touch a little bit more on Jonathan's character, um, he was a sorcerer and a martial artist who used Silver Voice Nightingale style. Um, like we were talking about before with the martial arts, snake style is very much like a like an assassin's martial art. It's all it about, can be, yeah. it, it, Oh, it is. You have, you, have, <laughs> you have, like, one charm that gives you three different poisons. It's It's a very, like... You go in and... Uh, so, I guess the best comparison I could do for it is for anybody out there who's seen Avatar, The Last Airbender, think of, I believe it was Ty Lee with her chakra hitting points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, kind of that, where she would hit the points and you would just lose use of that. Or if you were thinking like Naruto with the... Uh, oh my god, I can't think what the name of the clan. Hyuga. The, the, the Hyuga clan, clan yeah. yeah. It hits those different points and basically you use it to put kind of essence poisoning into those particular points on the body and it just fucks with the person Mm -hmm. um and then we had oh so anyway so continuing on that conversation so silver voice nightingale style is a bard style you sing people to death with silver voice nightingale style your voice is a fucking weapon the best way to describe jonathan was kind of a uh what was it korean japanese pop star type Thing. Yeah, yeah. Who then eventually dipped into necromancy? But we'll get into that a little bit later. Way later. Uh, so I guess I'd move on to our last of our five, which was Craig. He played a uh, Percival Hodgeworth. Um, continue. I'll I'll get on to that. In he a was second. our Doncast. Uh, the insult for them is Forsaken. They are the East, the Spring, the Full Moon, and the Fire is the representation. So the Dawn cast is, generally speaking, um, the warrior cast. Um, they are great in battle. They get bonuses to hit, bonuses to damage, bonuses to command. They can basically cause fear in anything. And I do mean anything. Like, the running joke was that he could make rocks afraid. I don't remember that running joke, but maybe I blocked it out. <laughs> you may have blocked it out. Um, so one of the things you probably noticed uh, with these names is is that everybody, except for one, is like, their names are titles. Except for, except for Craig. I don't know why that he decided that his solar name would be Percival Hodgeworth, but you know what? To each their own. It's what he wanted to do. It's, it's what you want to do. So I'm not gonna tell it's you. Like you can't naming, do it. It's like naming a goblin Leopold. Well, and to be fair, so the thing with uh, exults is they, uh, I guess all of them or most of them lived kind of a former life where they were mortals, and something happened depending on what it is for different people, and they ended up exalting and gaining these powers from whoever. It's not just solars; it happens to all to other things too. Mm-hmm. You can have the undead, you can have lunars, which are like shapeshifters, you can have sidereals, which are like Jedi ninjas. That live in heaven. That live in heaven. And they, they kind of have this in- interesting ability to, to mess with fate, uh, and basically can make it so you can't remember they were there. Mm-hmm. So they're very interesting to have in campaigns. They're much better as NPCs. Um, if you're running with any other type of exalt, but I've always wanted to do an all scenario. I've wanted to do an all scenarios campaign where I make you guys choose which exalts to kind of like follow on creation and just be like, 
Let's see how the, your circle fucked up the world today. Yeah, and there's there's different... Uh, or made it better. There's different groups of sidereals, too. Oh, what is it? The silver and the gold pack? Uh, the bronze, bronze and, and gold God faction. Gold Basically, factions. do you follow to rest... Do you, do you go with the status quo, or do you want to change things up for the better slash yeah. worse? Just depends on what you want to do. And there's some resistance one way or the other. Mm-hmm. So, I suppose that we should probably get into what the actual game was. The basis of it, um, like I said before, is that it was going to be a sandbox game. And the first game was going to be the most scripted. This changed later on as things finished, as, as things got to the wrap-up, but we'll get to that way later. I mean, uh, towards the end of it, it got to the point where it was one of those, these are our defining goals, so we're just headlong rushing into doing these goals, and it, it got less to the point of, what do you want to do? Well, we have to manage these, and we have to go for this goal. So that's where it got more, air quotes, scripted, in a sense, uh... But we still could have done it however we wanted to. It's just we had very set goals. In there was also very little motive, not motivation to do it that way. But by the time that it got there, we had switched systems and there was less give with the system. Yeah. Um, at some point, I'll probably explain why that we switched systems. But it's a... When we get there, I'll explain. That's like a year and a half down the line, though. So, to give you guys an idea, we started this campaign on a Sunday uh, in November the 13th of 2016. So, it's been almost exactly three years since we started playing it, and we ended it, what, how many months ago? Uh, June of 2019. June. So, it was very close to approaching on to three years. So, we just say two and a half is a whatever for it, basically. Uh, do we want to get into the start of it, or do we want to say any more about Exalted, or... I mean, without people asking me questions about Exalted, I can't really, like... Do you want to do, like, a very brief thing of each Exalt type? Like, very, very brief? Okay, so very brief. So you've got Solars. They're the, air quotes, good guys, given power from the Unconquered Sun. Uh, they're... They're basically the God Kings. Uh, the Sun literally, at the end of the Primordial War, went, Hey, guess what? You guys are in charge. Peace, bye. And you got the Abyssals. And then you got the Abyssals, which are shadows of the, um, of the Solars. They're basically uh, Solars, but for the Underworld. They're not... I could have arguments with people, but they're not necessarily bad guys it's so much as they are hard anti-heroes with really shitty bosses they, they work under the death lords so they're kind of at the whim of what the death lords want to do depending on how tight the death lords want to hold that leash it kind of depends on their freedom and what they're capable of doing uh then there's the lunars who were given power by luna the moon goddess um their big power is shape-shifting um into like you know you think of werewolves except now you can literally shapeshift it into anything and also if you want to like shapeshift into another form you can totally do that you just gotta hunt that animal and eat its heart infernals and In, um infernals if 
Abyssals are the shadow of solars, then infernals are the inversion of solars. Yosi, demons, stuff like that. Yeah, they, uh, they got, the infernals are tainted solar souls that basically work with the, um, they basically work for, for and with the lords of hell. Um, if abyssals are, they can be anti-heroes, infernals are, you're straight up a fucking villain. There is no way around it. You are a villain if you are an infernal. Uh, alchemicals. Alchemicals are weird, but they're basically robots that got given exalt powers. Um, I can't think of a better way to describe them than that. Uh, you want to say... So they have this thing where they're very... Clarity is the word I'm looking right, for. Right, right. Clarity. So clarity is... Okay, so actually now we're just kind of talking about their their curses and their problems. Well, so, so the thing with alchemicals is they can be humanized, so to speak. They, or they can be very robots. They can go... They, they can range between Robocop and an ED-209 or a T-800. Um, it it just kind of depends on how exposed they are to humanity. Um, it basically what a high clarity alchemical does is they think logically. A low clarity alchemical has emotions. emotions. It it's relevant, and the only reason we're talking about all these different ones is because they all these different types of exalts come up in the campaign at some point or the other. Uh, and actually, within I think the first session that we're going to talk about, we do have an exalt type that comes up that is not a solar. So I wanted to make sure people kind of knew a, a basic gist of what they were. Um, so that being said, terrestrials. Uh, I actually was going to go save them for last. Oh, okay. they're, terrestrials play a huge part in current politics and exalted. Did you want to do liminals then? Uh, actually, I wanted. Well, liminals are something that gets seen a little bit, but there's no real books out for it. They're basically, at some point a sorcerer went, hey, I'm gonna try and raise the dead, and that doesn't fucking work in Exalted. When you're dead in Exalted, you are fucking dead. Uh, who are we gonna um, go to then? Uh, I was actually gonna go to Sidereals, but anyway, so... We already did Sidereals. Did we? Yes. No, we didn't. I did we? we did. Uh, so, uh, real quick, rundown on... Oh, no, you're right, we did, right at the beginning. Uh -huh. uh, their main thing is they follow the Five Maidens. Yeah. That, that was why I was confused about yeah. it. Heaven. Heaven, Five Maidens, uh, Journeys, Secrets, um, Endings, Serenity. Serenity, and Battle. Yeah. Um, uh, and then on the opposite side of that is another thing that does not have a fucking book for it, which is Gatimians. Which I always mispronounce, so I must apologize I don't to even everybody know, I don't even know if I'm fucking pronouncing that right. Well, um, I always want to call them, like, Gematians for some weird-ass... I don't know why. It's always the word that comes out of my mouth. I don't mind that. I just don't think that there's an M that early oh, in. I'm sure there's not, but I can't help it if I mispronounce things, okay? Um, so, they are basically, uh inverted scenarios they basically stole a bunch of pattern spiders and uh decided i want this power and fuck heaven that's about the gist of what the fucking books at, out right now give us then there's exigence oh yeah i didn't even think about exigence which is Ex kind of important in this campaign oh uh, yeah those are also weird and important um 
So exigents are, as you've kind of noticed, like all of the, uh, so far, all besides liminals and gatimians, all of the other exalt types are like, hey, here's a big god, hey, here's a big goddess, hey, here's the maidens of fate giving us power. Like, it's a, there's big gods that are getting powers to people. Well, exigents are like the small gods giving powers to people. So, like, you can have an exigent of theft, or you can have an exigent of this city, or you can have an exigent of smiting cities, or... Which, two of those are things that come up later. <laughs> right? Um, but yeah, no, exigents are, like, low powers, but if you meet them on their home turf, they are broken. Because it's... It's their zone. Yeah, it's, it's their, their zone. layer, so to speak. And then finally, there's terrestrials or dragon blooded. They are hands down one of the weakest exalt types. No offense to them, but it's kind of true. But the reason that they're the weakest exalt types is because there wasn't a god that gave them power. It was the elemental dragons. But the bonus that they got is like, say, like, solars, for example, there's only ever 300 solars. Dragon-blooded? Yo, they can They just, breed like rabbits. They Let's be blunt. They breed like fucking rabbits, and they live for like, three to eight hundred years. It kind of depends on how good that you are at your fucking job and how good you are at not dying. But the big thing is it's there's not a set of them. It is a bloodline thing. And there are a lot of them. And... They can basically take things down by, yeah, we're not as powerful as a solar, but... There's um, a lot of us. Yeah, 20 terrestrials versus one solar, and so long as they're not, like, complete shit at their job, they're probably gonna win. I mean, even one really good terrestrial circle could probably take down a fledgling uh, solar. Uh, a really good terrestrial circle could take down a fledgling solar circle. Yeah, so it just, it depends. There's... A power scaling of sorts, but it also depends on, you know, where that exalt is at in that so, power scaling on its own. So the reason that terrestrials are so important is because they're the ones who rule the fucking world right now. Realm. Creation. Yeah, but they're, I, I like to think of them as a realm exalt type. Yeah, well, there's also Lookshy, which is not part of the realm, Look, and then there's Lost Eggs. You be nice to my Lookshy, okay? I will, I love Lookshy. I will always be nice to Lookshy. It's my favorite place. Um, but yeah, no, then you've also got, like, Mount Metagalapa, which has a bunch of terrestrials on it. I don't want to think about Mount Metagalapa right we'll now. We'll get to Mount Metagalapa a little bit later. And you'll <laughs> learn why I don't want to think about Mount Metagalapa if you happen to remember it by the time we get to it. <laughs> right. So, starting off with this game, it basically starts off, um, the Scarlet Empress, who is the ruler of the realm, which is the majority of creation at this point excuse me holy shit the ruler of creation at this point um she's been missing for five years and oh no yeah nobody knows what to do the everything that goes to hunt down the few solar souls that keep reincarnating like they don't have the power to do it or all of her uh all of her houses are in, in are doing like a bunch of infighting because they want the throne now. Oh no. So game game starts off and the group has already kind of come together off 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 screen. 
We we exalted two weeks ago, so we are we are baby solars, very baby solars. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Scarlet Empress has been gone for five years. Yep, and the group starts off in a dig site for uh, artifact rec- reclamation. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, they start off near a statue that looks like Seeker. Yes. Uh, so it's. Uh, it's got, it's made of marble, um, if I remember correctly, or, or a chalcum, I can't remember. I think it was or a chalcum. Or a chalcum. I think it was covered in, like, a marble, but, like, when you guys cleaned it up, it was made of or a chalcum, which is a golden metal. Yeah. And it had his, uh, cast mark on it. Mm-hmm. Which, I'm, I don't know if we need to go into what ca- the different cast marks look like or anything uh, like that. It's basically, Dawn looks like a sunburst, Zenith looks like a full circle, Twilight looks like a half circle... Night looks like an empty circle, and Eclipse looks like a circle with a circle inside of it. Yeah. And also, too, like Brennan said, if you need to, you can ask us any questions or look stuff off online. There's plenty of stuff online for all the different Exalt types, the game in general. It's, even if you just want to do some lore digging, there's plenty of stuff in yeah. places and to And I love the sound of my own voice enough to totally do lore episodes on it. See, I hate the sound of my own voice, so I'm doing this because I care. (laughs) Well, I appreciate it. Uh, So anyways, we are at this dig site, and we see this statue that looks like Seeker that is being dug up. So we're all a little creeped out at this point. Oh, this is also a realm dig site, so you guys are also having to avoid realm patrols. Yes, Uh, which... The nice thing about solars, as opposed to some other exalt types, is you can't look at a solar and be like, that's a fucking solar right off the bat. Some... Yeah, unless, of course, you guys start using your powers. Then it's like, yeah. uh... Whereas, like, a lunar has the tells, like, they might have ears or a tail or, like, teeth or something, which is important later on when we run I into think some all lunars. three of that is important later on. Uh, and, like, there's a couple other different ones that... You can kind of look at them and get a general sense of, you're not a normal person. I don't know why you're not normal, but you're not a normal person. Where solars are very good at hiding in plain sight until they're not. Yes. Um, uh, and at this point, we had also heard a couple of rumors that had gone around uh, the area. how Like, someone was roaming the scavenger lands, uh, killing exults, and they had this grand diaclave that was twice their size and that there was a vigilantean nexus named dayman and that he had gone missing which that (laughs) name is relevant later Uh, and that there was a new guild leader in nexus that had killed their predecessor uh look shy was looking for new leadership or had new leadership i can't remember quite which uh, and they were just wanting to collect more first age artifacts because they, that's look shy for you. And they, their look shy is one of the few uh, things uh, that opposes the realm. Uh, they're one of the few people who go, who the realm went. You're gonna pay us taxes, and look shy just went, "Fuck you, no, we're not." And here's the thing about look shy, they have, uh, I would say, a good military. I don't think they got as good a military as the realm, but they're really good at using their uh, the fact that they're at the uh, they're like a hundred miles into a large river, so then the realm has to funnel their warships in, and then they just kind of go, "Well, no," and yeah, just kind of start they bombarding kind of them. Built themselves to just give the realm the middle oh, finger. Yeah, that's another thing I probably should have touched on. So, um. 
creation size is fucking gigantic. The scavenger lands, which is where the majority of this campaign takes place in, yeah, is maybe um maybe like not even like a tenth of the map. Yeah, it's it's a yeah. pretty small thing. The scavenger lands, uh, to compare to the world, is about the size of Russia and Europe. Is it really that big? Yeah, it's really that big. Creation is huge. That makes sense, because it used to take us, like, weeks to go from yeah. anywhere. Yeah, it used to take you guys, like, weeks to go from anywhere. To be and fair, we had a flying boat that kind of helped a lot. That did help a lot. Um, but, like, you yeah, know, it's fucking huge. And the other thing to keep in mind about this is... um. After, like, the the Great Contagion and everything, creation is, like, a tenth of the size it used to be. Eh, yeah. 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 Yeah, creation is fucking huge. We're not gonna get into the Great Contagion until we have to. Let's not. Um, that that's like a... Yeah, at some point we will. Yeah. I guess we could go into things at the beginning and give a little bit more of the world before we do each one of these, depending. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. yeah, that, that could work. Especially if people ask us questions. Ask us questions! Twitter, at A Pair of Dice Lost. I swear, I want to get better at tweeting things. He needs to get better at tweeting things. Let him, let him manage that. Make him manage that. Make me manage it. Uh, but yeah, anyways, back to this. Those were some things that we had heard around, you know, people being people, exalts being exalts, doing crazy shit. Uh, so, here's the thing to keep in mind. When I say the boys, I mean literally the boys because the other four people in this campaign were guys for a while, uh, and just little old me. So, when I say that the boys were investigating this statue while I kept watch, that's kind of what happened. So, we ended up seeing banners of House Tepet, which is one of the dragon-blooded households. That is the, uh, Water? air... Are they, I think they're water. No, I think that they're air. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Because my notes say found egg water terrestrial tepid Diego. I also might have... Uh, done it wrong when I you... I might have done it wrong because I was still getting uh, used to uh, the houses. Because I remember that I wanted to give him freezing powers. I mean, I can literally just sit and... Uh, and Google it? Yeah. So anyway, so... so uh, the person who is running this dig site is a character, uh, an NPC of mine named Tepet Diego. Excuse me. He's a, um, he's a dragon-blooded, um, who was adopted into House Tepet. Um, he's a big, buff, blonde man who, um, has dreams of grandeur and may have poisoned... His, um, adoptive father? May have. May have, in big air quotes. He totally did. And he's a big blonde boy. And, um, just, like... And for those of you who don't get the reference, you will eventually. Oh, this campaign is super reference-heavy. It's almost... It's very ridiculous how reference-heavy that I get. Um... So he's leading this um, because he's looking for a specific artifact that basically the last order of the Scarlet Empress before she disappeared was find these artifacts and put them in lockup. These things are super dangerous. Normally people give the Scarlet Empress shit. They are shit. typically aspected towards air. Thank you, Internet. 
There we go. Typically, we'll give the Scarlet Empress bullshit for um, being a shitty ruler and not knowing how to do her fucking job. But, Christina, I think you'll agree, after playing in this campaign, that um, she may have had the right idea with getting those masks into a lockup and, like, sinking it to the bottom of the fucking ocean. No, not the bottom of the ocean. Not the ocean, specifically. Yeah, the ocean would be a bad place to put it. Probably would have been better in, you know, Yushan. But... Maybe. 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 <laughs> that didn't work out well the first time you did that. No, it didn't. Yeah. It really didn't. Yeah, there's no safe place for those. I guess at the... The safest place on them was the one that I kept on me. <laughs> the, the sa- well, I guess the safest place for them would have been, like, the Imperial Mance, which the only person who ever has access to it is the Scarlet Empress. Yeah. Because there's just traps and shit in there. Yeah. Like... Like, have you ever seen the movie Cube? Yes, yes Okay, that's what the Imperial Mance is like. Yeah, I believe that. I believe that. That bitch would make a place like that. No, she didn't make it. It's just like that. <laughs> Look, let me pretend it's her fault. Let me pretend. <laughs> Listen, you can't blame first age problems on the Scarlet Empress. She wasn't even born yet. Are you sure? There's a thing called incarnation. Like, you never know. I'm just messing around now. I know it better. <laughs> uh, Okay. So, let's see. So we see the, the lovely, or I see the lovely banners for House Tep, and I'm like, fuck guys, there's a thing. We should, uh, you know, not be here anymore, or hide, or do something. Uh, so, while the, I'm telling the boys, fuck, uh, they're messing with the statue. So they found out anything you do to Seeker affects the statue. I think they ended up, like, cutting his arm or something. And Giving the, him deep enough to give him a scar so that yeah, the arm got a Yeah, and the statue had a, a scar on it as well. Uh, and so, like, they were removing things or trying to remove things, but anytime they tried to remove, like, or chalcum pieces or whatnot, there was just this thing that wouldn't let them do it or would ping right back to the statue. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just no way it to was do like, it. It was like it was just magnetized. Yeah. So he's like, okay, cool, I got this thing. Oh, shit, it's going back. Well, all right, I'm not going along for the ride. So as it, everyone explored more, uh, everyone found that uh, since they had a perfect circle, uh, that everybody in there was represented in their specific direction. Yeah, so, like, when you went to the north, for me, there was, like, small hands hanging on to my statue's legs, which will make sense later on when you find out more about my character. But, and then, like, uh, in the south where Wayward Sons was at, he was lounging <coughs> on a throne with loops around him. It made sense for <coughs> the character and what they kind of I embodied. Kind of embodied, yeah. Um, um, so, this was an... This was a choice on my part to basically say, and I think this is going to be one of the more interesting things about doing this with you and Julia, if she ever uh, has has time to come by and do this. But it's kind of like you're going through the notes and then like I can kind of go, oh, that's why I decided to do that. And I can kind of give you like the GM's perspective. You know, two and a half years later. Yeah, two and a half years. Well, a lot of this I do remember because a lot of it's like, like I said before, for um, for Exalted, I had to plan very, like, vague stuff. Yeah. So, like, a lot of it's, like, just ideas that were in my head. Like, most of my notes for games, besides combat stuff or, like, social combat things or, like, very specific scenes I needed to happen are just, let's see what the group wants to do. Yeah. 
Let's see what the, uh, let's, let's take the group over here and see what they want to do. Hey, have a wacky dungeon. Hey, let's do weirdness. Like slip and slides. Like slip and slides. Like the house that wants the the man to marry his... I wasn't there for that, so... I, I know, I'll, I'll just have to tell that, <laughs> that was story. was one of the very just... few sessions I was not there for. Uh, anyways, so we're all looking at these statues and we very quickly realize that it's us. It's each one of us in our respective directions. And we find out from talking to some of the scholars in camp, and I don't remember how the fuck we got the scholars to actually talk to us. I think we just posed to some people... And yeah, went he, in there. I, yeah, I think he and, just poses some people since um, some of you knew, uh, since most of them knew um, River Speak, which is the common tongue in that area. Yeah. Um, well, because De- so uh, Devin's character, Seeker, and I were from Lookshy. So we knew that area pretty damn well because of it. Um, but we had talked to some of the scholars around there, and they said that the statues were older than first age artifacts. So that kind of was very weird for us as well. We're like, these things are hella old, how do they look just like us when we weren't even born yet? And how are they... Well, ob- well, it became obvious once that uh, once that you guys started messing with the Seeker statue that the statue was tied to a certain exaltation, which becomes problematic for me down the line because, you know, obviously you start off with a group of players and you go, oh yeah, this group's going to play through the whole game. That is eh. not what happened Wrong. at all. None of the, almost none of the same exaltations stayed. I could theoretically retcon and say that maybe um, Brit's character, who comes in way down the line, might have gotten uh, Seeker's exaltation, or someone might have gotten Visionary's exaltation. Yeah. Like, I might be able to, like, retcon that. at Not retcon it, but basically... It, reason it out. Reason it out. It became very problematic very quickly because as the, the first combat broke out uh, between Joe and Diego, we learned very quickly that some people do not like this system. Yeah. They're somewhere, I don't want to go looking for it honestly because I don't want to relive those memories, but somewhere there is a hour-long argument about how much this system sucks and how bad it is and how it's not fun and how dare you not let me red mist this terrestrial boss that the GM has made. How dare you? <laughs> Anyways, uh, back on track somewhat from that. Uh, so we... Well, Visionary kind of uh, knocked this dude out. Didn't red mist him, but mm-hmm. knocked him out. And uh, we kind of sort of took him hostage, sort of. And uh, and you guys kind of, sort of, uh, Visionary kind of, sort of, uh, he had a Soul Steel mask on him. He had a Soul Steel and Star Metal mask Soul Steel and Star Metal mask. Uh, to, uh, to let people know what Soul Steel and Star Metal is, Star Metal is a metal that can mess with fate. And soul steel is a metal that is literally comprised of souls condensed down. Until, it's an underworld metal. It's yeah. very. It's fucking metal. It's it's metal metal. It's uh, very metal metal. And you could, I want to say at one point you could almost hear like screaming in star metal oh, or not can, star metal can, but soul steel. You could totally hear screaming yeah. in soul steel unless of course it's fortune on a thon. But that's a different 
That's a whole different thing altogether. But, so he was carried around this horrible mask and was trying to take it to an artifact locked up in the realm because those were the last doors of the Scarlet Empress, as we mentioned earlier, about these masks and probably just dumping them in the ocean somewhere would have been a better option. So, first off. Let me say one last thing and then I'll let you do your first off. So the re- so he was scared. Diego was scared of this damn mask. He was because... scared of the mask because they put it on him. Not yet. Was, oh, not yet. I was going to say, he was scared because he knew if blood got on the mask, spikes would come out of it. Yeah, yeah. So um, there's your first... So D- tap it, Diego. Mask. Spikes. Blood got on it. There's your he's first a, hardcore he, reference for those a, of you who will get it. He's a blonde muscle boy with who, freezy powers. Who killed his adoptive dad. Who killed dad. his adoptive dad. And his and his adoptive brother hate... He, he's fucking Dio. He's <laughs> goddamn Dio Brando from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I cannot believe that at no point I did not scream out, Muda, Muda, Muda. <laughs> Yeah, so to fuck with him because he was clearly already scared with this mask. The boys decide, let's put it on his face and threaten to cut his face, which scared him the fuck more. Yeah, because um, once that he patted on his face, he got uh, a temporary background called Whispers, which means that the Neverborn, which are dead, air quotes, primordials, start whispering to you and telling you terrible things and about how you should do it. And if you're already a terrible person, like I was, because I held on to that mask for... Quite a long fucking time. But you time. never put it on your face. That's, I that's how it activates. I never did, but you did tell me I heard whispers coming from you it. You heard whispers coming from it after keeping it on your person for, like, months and months. If you just put it on your face, you just whispers. Automatically just it. automatically you got a dot of whispers. Well, I was going to say, I know, I'm pretty sure Seeker put it on his face. But yeah, he got a dot of whispers. Yeah. He put it on his face, I think, the second or third game. Possibly. Because I know he wanted to fuck around with it a lot. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. I have never before dropped a MacGuffin into a game and like suddenly everyone was like, Ooh, I wonder what this does. You know, at the time too, I had also not seen any uh, JoJo. So I didn't yeah, get yeah, so any didn't of the get references. Yeah, any of the references. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Listen, you finally watched some JoJo, so I guess that you've uh, forsaken your humanity. That happened long, long ago, dear. No, that was a JoJo reference. See, yeah, there we go. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> when, when, when Dio puts the mask on, um, and he yells out, I've forsaken my humanity. It's been a while since I've I've, for, I've forsaken my tracker emotional support. <laughs> We're not getting into LARP now. This is, <laughs> one this day, is a table topping one, one day podcast. I will get you and Julia together with me, and we will just talk about LARP and weirdness. We could do that, but you also have to remember... Julia LARPed longer than, actually, maybe with her off and on again with LARPing, maybe about the same time as me, I'm not oh, sure. Oh, yeah, 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 I know, I know that you guys have way more experience in LARP than I do. I just figured that, like, it would be fun, because I love hearing Julia's stories. Oh, yeah, that's true. I, I have been with my wife for going on nine years now, and every single time that she says one of her crazy-ass fucking LARP stories, I am like... You would think that after nine years, I would just be like, yep, 
Minotaur story again. No, I am just like on the edge of my seat. Like I know how this ends, and I still fucking love it. <laughs> That's what makes you so entertaining, or uh, so fun to entertain you with stories. I guess. I wish I could do that fucking accent like ever. What? <laughs> That, that, you randomly slipped into, like, Russian accent. I can randomly slip into a lot of different accents. The problem is retaining them. Yeah, everybody's gonna figure out that I'm terrible at Russian accents, especially if I'm trying to speak, if I'm trying to speak with a Russian or a, and a German accent with two NPCs. You would think I'd be good at German, since, you know, that's literally my family. But, uh, I'm not. So... That's actually the end of session one that we had. Right? Yeah. So it wasn't a lot that happened, but we were also still getting used to the characters and kind of and getting a system. feel for them and the system and the story. And also everybody else, because that was, uh, I want to say, the first time you guys had met John and Craig. I believe so, whereas Joe, Devin, and I have known each other for years. So, mm-hmm. uh, pause. Pause for a second. Okay, so we're actually going to wrap this first one up right here. Um, Christina, do you have any, like, closing thoughts on the first session and just kind of exalted for people to kind of... Mull uh, over? Mull over, I guess, until the next time that we do something like this. Okay, uh, I mean, I've always liked exalted. This was the first time, this campaign was the first time I've actually gotten to really play it i used to sit in on other people's campaigns and I'd watch this and do is stuff. the only time you've gotten to play it yeah because I, I like as much as i love the abyssals game that we'll have to talk about eventually yeah that's was, not it was, technically exalted it was exalted world so to speak but with a different system is with the god bound system which is why we had which is what the, we also switched to yeah. later on. So, but. Uh, that's why I would count that more as Exalted Light, I guess. Mm-hmm. Exalted World, but different system. Yeah. Uh, I, I've always really liked it. I found it very interesting. I like the lore of it. I'm not as knowledgeable about it, obviously, as <clears throat> Brendan, because I haven't, you know, played it for ten fucking years or whatever it's been for you. It has, uh, I've played in three campaigns and I've run one. Yeah, so I've, I've sat I, in on, not... I think, two different campaigns, played one, and then played our uh, Abyssal Light game. I've not, like, I'm not, it's not that I'm not super deep into it. Like, I didn't play it a whole lot, but... You're very knowledgeable. You've looked into it a lot more than well, I have. Yeah, I had, I had to GM it. Yeah, I know. Uh, but yeah, I've always liked the world. I find it really interesting, and hopefully, kind of the snippet that we've given everybody who's been listening, they find it very interesting, and... We'll maybe go on to the Twitter and, you know, tell us, hey. And tweet at me. And be like, hey, tell us more about it. Or we liked what you guys did. It sounded cool. Give us more. And we'll, you know, do more. We might just do more whether you like it or not. I don't know. I'll probably do more whether whether people like it or not. I enjoy uh, banter episodes, but that's just me. Yeah, I mean, if you don't like it, you, know, you can just listen to, you know, our mage or werewolf or... Iron Kingdoms yeah. as it starts coming out. I, don't know oh, if we to say, I didn't know if we wanted to say anything I actually, about it I yet or not. I actually announced it. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I actually put up a Twitter poll to decide oh, what we yeah, did. yeah, I forgot about I, that. No, I literally put up a Twitter poll and I was like, Exalted, World of Darkness. Exalted versus World of Darkness. Iron Kingdoms. One person voted for Iron Kingdoms out of... Every, 
they're the only person who voted. I don't know who you are. If, if you know me and I don't know you, message me. Let me know so I can fucking thank you as a person for telling us to roll Iron Kingdoms. That being said, we're playing Iron Kingdoms as well. <laughs> so, but yeah, if anybody's interested in any of the stuff that we have done on the podcast previously, let us know. Uh, whether you happen to know us in real life and want to talk to us or just want to find us on Twitter or something in between. You can also leave comments on Podbean, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. So, if you're interested, you liked what we're talking about, please let us know, because we want to, you know, do content that's interesting for you guys as well. And once we hit 20 total episodes, I'm going to start uploading to other uh, media, iTunes, um, SoundCloud, um, any other podcasting app, I'm going to just start uploading everything to. There, there's a lot of, like, weird requirements for stuff, so I'm kind of like, I'd rather just have this backlog and then be like, Post my shit, post my shit, post my shit. Yeah. Our shit, sorry. And I also, for our Mage and Werewolf campaign, I will admit I am behind because I have been lazy or other real-life stuff has been happening. Uh, we do notes for the Mage and Werewolf campaign, and I don't actually have it listed right now as to what the actual website is, but it's... I believe that we've linked it a couple of times. Yeah, it's it should be linked in with most of our other podcasts for those particular campaigns um but yeah i mean i don't really think i need to say anything about exalted i enjoy it i like it hopefully people listening are somewhat enjoying you know what yeah. we're talking about yeah i mean if not then they, they just got an episode of banter and i don't know if you guys want us to banter about just random shit like i'm totally down for that i if you want to listen to us banter about mage if you want to listen to us banter about werewolf world of darkness in general iron kingdoms exalted um D &D. Well, I mean, they're, they're already, D, D, um larp i don't know video games yeah like i'm totally down for like literally whatever this has honestly been an hour's worth of fun yeah for me we don't get to sit and banter we're usually very hyper focused on the game and yes our games have banter but we don't get to sit and just talk all right so um for a pair of dice lost i've been brendan this is christina and uh this has been our first episode of let the good times roll let the good dice roll let the god damn it i got it wrong <laughs>